Hi, welcome to Sincerely Carolina, where we have conversations with local and international guests about current social issues to create awareness based on expertise and factual information. Remember, you can win fun prizes by participating in the weekly Learn and Win Wednesday quizzes on my Instagram. Sincerely Carolina is powered by ProFrame Aruba, Neutrogena, and Febreze. Hello, happy new week. Welcome to Sincerely Carolina. My name is Carolina and I am your host. So this is the last episode for this year. And um, this particular episode, like this particular topic has been postponed and rescheduled many, many times. So I suppose it's very fitting that it's the last one. Um, before I continue, I want to say thank you to everyone who has tuned in this year. I just had Zach here who won on the end of year giveaway, the Febreze Holiday Collection. Um, it was really nice giveaway. Like, I won that giveaway. But anyways, um, um, and basically I asked you all to tell me something that you really liked or learned during this year. And it was really nice to see all the responses, um, not just on like the poll that I did for this particular giveaway, but all the responses that I get from everyone, either through like DM, um, you know, when they, when you see me in person, I enjoy that and I appreciate that because then I know that somebody is learning something and enjoying these episodes. So please, by all means, do tell me if there is something that you really enjoyed or something that you really want to learn about that we should focus on next year. So I just wanted to start with that. And of course, I want to say thank you to my awesome sponsors. Of course, thank you to Sappy Mix Studio for allowing me to talk about whatever I want to talk about. Thank you to ProFrame. Thank you to Febreze. Thank you to Neutrogena. And thank you to all the sponsors and partners who have supported Sincere Carolina during this year. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you. So without further ado, we have Helian Henriquez in the house. Hello. <laughs> so, Hedian, um, so some of you might have seen me posting about this topic and episode a couple of times um, leading up to today. And for some reason, we had all kinds of and sorts of rescheduling mm-hmm. happening. But we are here today and uh, we're going to be talking about Hedian's particular journey on epilepsy and really talking about you know, how epilepsy is an invisible disability. Yes, it is. Yeah. So anyways, without further ado, Helian, tell us who you are and we'll go from there. <laughs> okay. So uh, my name is Helian. I'm 31 years old. And the reason I'm sitting here today is I'm an epilepsy warrior and advocate. Yes, ma'am. So if you follow Helian um, or if you read her article um, in magazines or if you have seen her, it's because she has really made it a point to talk a little bit more than other people do about epilepsy. And I appreciate that. Um, It's it's been a learning experience following you. (laughs) But I also think it's important to talk about, you know, a topic that... Everybody sort of knows what epilepsy is in a nutshell, you know, because yeah. they don't know it really in depth, but they know that epilepsy is something that exists, but that's about it, you yeah, know? And there's mm-hmm. such more to that. Yes. So tell us a little bit about epilepsy in general and your case in particular as well. Okay. So what is epilepsy? Mm-hmm. Um, as simple that I can explain it is... It's like you get a thunderstorm in your brain. Okay, interesting. Yes. Okay. That's a very um, 
imaginative way, I guess, because we all know what thunderstorms look like, right? Yes. So that's a good way of, of putting it into a picture for us. So mm -hmm. tell us why. <laughs> you know, your brain, it freezes for like minutes to seconds. Okay. And um, me, when I get it, mm -hmm. I don't know. Minotei, 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 full off. Okay. I don't know that it's happening. Mm -hmm. And when I wake up, and then I'm like, oh, it happened. Okay. And then I have to like um, recover from it mentally, physically, the bruises, remembering the medication. It's adjusting back. Because mm -hmm. when you have a seizure and your brain is like, a, you get the thunderstorm, you um, you lose brain cells. It's okay. brain damage. Okay. I'm not 100% who I was before the seizures. Okay. Yeah. Thank goodness our, you know, body does a really good job at recovering, but it yes. takes time, right? And yes. and you have shared about why um, it might take, you know, sometimes hours, sometimes days, and even weeks of feeling tired. Yes. Um, so I like how you shared and explained that because um, personally, I mean, when I think of seizures, I understand that it's very heavy at that moment, mm -hmm. but... I haven't experienced it with, you know, somebody where where I had to experience like the recovery process to know mm -hmm. how much time they might need. And of course that differs per person and per seizure. Correct. Um, and though say the algo hobby every person Mm -hmm. has it differently every yes. person has a different trigger every person has a different reason why they have seizures mm -hmm. and every person has a different kind of treatment and how to react to the medication and lifestyle mm -hmm. so there's everyone's seizure and epilepsy is unique yes and i think that's important because um Again, because of pop culture, so maybe movies and stuff, I think a lot of people are used to seeing, um, you know, somebody having a seizure like on their floor, maybe yes. even convulsing, right? Yes. Um, but you have that's shared typical, that. typical, yeah. Yes, okay, so that's considered a typical. Um, but in your case, it looked very different, which is also the reason mm -hmm. um, I know that you shared um, that when you were a child, you know, you knew something was going on. But no Kiko. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I started having those by off of like staring into space since mm -hmm. I was like maybe nine years old. Wow. But I but they didn't know what it was. Okay. I went to the specialist, they didn't know what it was. This kept on going every day, like multiple times in a day. I remember like writing it down, okay, mm -hmm. it so many times this day. And that continue. And that um, you realize that, okay, this can't be... I don't want to live like this anymore. Okay, okay. So at 15, 16 years old, I begged my high stars, hey, I can buy a specialist in the cinema. Then he referred me to, to a doctor, mm -hmm. did the test, it's epilepsy. Wow. Immediately started the medication and then my seizure reduced. Wow. Then I was like, finally, a diagnosis, a treatment. Mm -hmm. I felt like a little bit normal again. Mm -hmm. And is this common? Like, I mean, I don't know. What is the process of getting the epilepsy diagnosis like? If you don't have what would be considered like a, you know, standard um, seizure or like, a, you know, like in your case. Mm -hmm. What is what is the process if somebody, you know, has a kid and maybe they see their kid like spacing out? Like mm -hmm. 
is it is it a lengthy process or does it really depend on the person on the physician how do people get to the point of like okay i feel like this is not okay anymore or this can be you know this is mm -hmm. becoming disruptive to this person's life when does that switch to okay you know go to the primary physician and be like i think this is a little bit more serious how yeah. does that process happen usually or or what would you recommend as an advocate mm -hmm. you know from learning from your own experience and just best practices yeah i mean in my experience i knew something was up mm -hmm. and everyone could see it it mm -hmm. would affect me socially and personally it, so i kept asking adobra um i saw other kids at school having those convulsive seizures okay and so I, you thought that's not it sir uh -huh. i didn't think i had epilepsy okay and okay. then we talked to the hysars we explained and then the hysars was like no you have to go to neurologist and then i did a test uh -huh. where they put on the cap and mm -hmm. check my brain activity and that's how i got a diagnosis okay so you would just recommend people if you feel like something's not Uh, even though it doesn't look like what would be considered like a regular seizure, seizure yeah. seek help, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that's, you know, it's anytime that something does not look as the picture of what we learned that it's mm -hmm. supposed to look like, it's hard yes. for people to determine what it is. And I guess with children, you know, it can look like something like spacing out and then... Yes. I mean, yeah. even babies have them, and they okay. um, with babies they they call them baby spasms. Okay. And um, I think I shared uh, how it looks like on mm -hmm. my Instagram, mm -hmm. but also dogs can have seizures too. Right. So right. 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 It can happen to anyone. Uh huh. Also, I also learned that not all seizures are epileptic seizures true uh-huh so i think that's also interesting um to learn because seizures can be something that happens sporadically if triggered by yes. by something specifically mm -hmm. and epilepsy is if it's recurring correct yes okay so a some a person can have just one seizure and uh -huh. not be um diagnosed with epilepsy mm -hmm. but um you have to have a certain like more than one seizure and be diagnosed by the, uh -huh. the test AHA to be diagnosed with epilepsy. Okay. And that's when you go on medication and yes. stuff like that. Yes. Okay. Interesting. So, Julian, tell us a little bit about your experience after diagnosis. Like, what was life like as a teenager, as a student? I and you have shared. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Okay. I, I mean, I remember some of it. Like recently, I went to my photo albums and saw all the pictures, my report, and everything, and everything came back. Wow! So it was really weird. Wow. Wow. So uh, I was okay. I was like, something that happens? I mean, is it linked to to that whole experience. I mean, it could also be I like mean, a trauma response, you know, your I body just so. shutting down yeah. and being like, this is too much. Porta, sí. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But see, sí. so after I got on medication around mm -hmm. 16, um, I kept being on medication, kapa mi school, kabahavo, um, eventually by Hulanda si studia. And I come like complete, my doctor gave me the okay to like reduce medication and stop medication. This is not by Hulanda, studia, living the student life, um, 
bei school, bei Sally, like student avant and everything. Mm-hmm. Stress is school and then it came back. Oh no. So back on the whole process to so the doctor. Figuring out what yep, works. Ex- accepting um, that it's going to be in my life forever. Like mm-hmm. adapting the medication again, lifestyle again. So yeah, that hit me hard. Okay. Was that hard realizing after having a moment where like, okay, it seems like I we're thought good. I, grew out. I thought uh-huh. I grew out from it, but no. Okay. Is that something that can happen? Do yes. people? Okay. It's normal. It's okay. completely normal okay. with epilepsy. Yeah. For people to grow out of it. Um, I mean, I've known people that grew out of it. Okay. Okay. But with me, no. No. Okay. And what was that like? I mean... Because you you mentioned accepting that, what was it like, or what is something that that you had to go through, or maybe still go through, um, with that realization that you know it's part of who you are, yes. and some days are better than others. Yes, hundred uh-huh. percent. Yeah. So it did uh, help me back at school for a while. Okay. Because um, I got rejected from my internship because of epilepsy. How did they find out that you were, did you just mention it? And then were um, they like, no? I got accepted and I mm-hmm. moved. And I remember um, filling in the paper, um, make it official. Mm-hmm. And then um, you have to tell, I was honest, I, mean, yeah, I, yeah. I have epilepsy, they, I'm on uh-huh. medication. And three days before I had to start, <gasps> they uh, sent me an email. Yeah, so um, I got rejected. Oh and I was devastated. I was... Um, Three days before starting. Yes. Yes. I could not believe it. And I didn't know I could do something about it. I didn't know. Um, after many, many months, I... Uh, wow. I, uh, someone told me, hey, we can contact I didn't know. No. But right. in the end, it kind of worked out in my favor because after that, I got the internship that I really wanted. Okay. So, Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But, okay, so we talked um, a couple of episodes ago on invisible disabilities, and one of those things is the stigma that may come with certain mm-hmm. conditions, right? And especially when it's an invisible disability, it's kind of hard because people don't see it. Yes. And then it adds the scary factor where it's like, oh, is it going to happen at work? Yeah. And it might, right? Because it might. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the importance of being an advocate for yourself and for others the moment that you know. Because like you said, you had epilepsy, but you never were in a situation where you needed to know that you couldn't be discriminated because of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people go through life being discriminated for things like that without knowing necessarily sí. that it is that. Mm-hmm. Sí. But for me, miss, I held back mm-hmm. from telling people I had epilepsy for many, many years. Okay. Of no I held back, I did not hide it, but only my family and close friends knew about it. Was it because you were afraid of, of people like being scared of it or you didn't know how to talk about it or a little bit of that and also being discriminated for having it. Okay. So yeah. you were aware that that could be mm-hmm. something that people yeah, from past experience. Okay. Wow. Okay. Interesting. I mean, I say interesting because I, I would like to think that I have often been in environments Mm -hmm. that you know have been relatively welcoming and i don't think 
that I I have experienced somebody you know being discriminated against for having a condition directly what i do however see is that they'll allow you to participate but then they'll put like a bunch of like yellow tape around you yes. basically yes. so it's like you're allowed to come but you know or you're allowed to participate but mm -hmm. did you feel a lot of that too or do you still have that or feel that I remember um, participating in the Colegio de Aquatalon. Uh-huh. Because during the practices, I had seizures in the water. Okay. And uh, during actual Aquatalon, they like, no, but no, but me. I'm going to do me. Wow. And I told them, I'm going to do me. And I did. Okay. Um, regardless. But I was like, I'm going to do me. Wow. Okay. But I was like, everyone's going to be swimming and running. So... I will, in that moment, I wasn't alone. So if something would have happened, yeah, there were people there. Okay. And it's, it's that decision, right? Yeah. Because you know that, of course, something could always happen. But do you stop participating or living because of that? This year, right? You traveled by yourself. Yes. You did a lot of fun stuff too. Yes. Um, and I loved how you were sharing when you were on your vacation. You wanted to do all these activities, but then there was one day that you were really tired. Yeah. You shared about that as well. Same. You were like, I need a break. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. So I think that... Um, have to listen to your body. Yes, no matter what, but mm -hmm. especially if you have condition, yes. right? Um, and I think that's beautiful because I think that, that you have really created a space to show people that um, you can lead a very happy and fulfilling life. Absolutely. You know, and it, like you said, listening to your body, that means some days, you know, even if you're in Europe, you might need to take a longer break <laughs> yes. than others, but it doesn't mean that you don't get to go to Europe, you know? Yeah. So I think that that was a, um, a really nice way of you showing that mm -hmm. because um, it takes a lot of vulnerability as well to share the way that you do. Um, so thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so what is something that you really think that people should know or, you know, misconceptions, anything you want to share with us that you think that, Karina, you haven't asked me about this, but I feel like this is something really important for me to share about. Okay. Something I think I haven't shared already mm -hmm. is, you know, when you wake up in the morning, everyone checks their phone or like drinks their coffee in the uh -huh. morning. Me, when I first wake up, before I even open my eyes, the first thing I uh, I do or think, mm -hmm. okay, kung mi brain alanda away. Okay. Like, how do I feel? How do my brain feel? Like, slowly waking up. Um, did I sleep enough? Do I feel like the energy or do I feel tired? Is it going to be one of those days? Okay. So that's something every day for me. Okay. Yeah. So you have to really give your body that time to... To wake up, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. I mean, yeah. I'm a very um, go-go person. <laughs> <laughs> so I usually wake up and my brain just starts thinking like, okay, we have to do this and that mm -hmm. and this and that. And that, that kind of... That makes me tired. <laughs> and then what I do is like... You know, even if I didn't sleep enough, I'm like, nope, the list is long. Girl, you gotta get up, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, and, and with you, it's like you really need to check in with your brain first. Yes. 
and then decide if whether or not the things that you have yeah. on your plate for that day mm-hmm. are gonna I be wake, a go or not yeah because if i wake up tired like i want to work but my brain's like no like take a chill uh-huh. i'm gonna go to work i'm having gonna have a slow day and then i have to after work i have to cancel my practices mm-hmm. so yeah, then I get disappointed because I have to rest because I want to dance, uh-huh. but I have to rest. So, yeah. Just figuring that out, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you still get to do those things. And I think yeah. it's it's important, um, again, to mention that. It's just measuring how your day goes. See. Uh-huh. Another um, thing that I would want you to talk about is your driving experience and getting to driving right because i mean i mean it's i don't know i don't know i don't know how people think about epilepsy and driving in general like mm-hmm. i have no idea if people think that you know if you have epilepsy you can't drive um i personally know that it of course depends on everybody and you know where you are in education and indeed mm-hmm. there are some people that can't because yeah. of of you know the amount of recurring um, episodes that they have, the seizures that they have. And um, I also know that even if you have everything controlled, something could happen, right? Yeah, but it could happen to everybody. I mean, yeah. everybody could have like a heart attack or, mm-hmm. or whatever, right? So, I mean, I also understand that, but I I think we talked about it once and you were like, it actually took me a while to even like be okay with learning how to mm-hmm. drive. So tell us a little bit about why and how. Um, yeah. Um, when I was 18, it wasn't a priority for me because okay. I was still on medication. Okay. And it's scary. Okay. Being behind the wheel and ha- possibly having a seizure, it's scary. Okay. So I remember one time I came uh, to Aruba on vacation. I, mm-hmm. came, I was, I stayed here for like two months. Okay. Okay. And slowly driving, um... I asina makustumari drive. Okay. But nahulana minota drive. Okay. Nahulana rely on bus, metro, tram, mm-hmm. train, getting everywhere. Mm-hmm. So coming back, living to Anaroba five and a half years ago, oh, this is how it is to drive on Aruba. Mm-hmm. This, um, and you need, I mean, I, you basically need a car in Aruba. Yes. If you want to, you know, if you want to have a job and do activities, mm-hmm. our public transportation sucks. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, so, so you have to do that. Yeah, I drive. My neurologist doesn't want me to drive, but okay. I do drive. Okay. Um, but if I don't feel that great, mm-hmm. if I have a headache or if I feel tired, um, I... Ask someone, hey, can you take me home? I feel tired of what someone will like, hey, we must lift. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I appreciate it, but I think I'm okay to get home. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll drive home and I'll text him, hey, may I cast? Okay. Okay. So, how are you going to say? Um, but yeah, I, I have a, like on my, my seatbelt, mm-hmm, I have mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I have epilepsy. I may be having a seizure. Okay. So, um, in case something happens. Yes. Okay. So, okay. I mean, yeah, I remember. And again, it's 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 privileges, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not in that situation, you're gonna think about that. I when I turned eighteen, I was already studying abroad, 
And um, I was so upset because I couldn't get my driver's license the moment I turned 18. I was like, I always thought that I would turn 18 and get my driver's license like immediately. Like, you know, my birthday's today and I want to do the exam like tomorrow kind of thing. Like I was convinced. And I was like, oh man, I live abroad. I can't do that. And then I decided to switch countries of study. So I was like, yes. (laughs) As soon as I, I think it was like, um, I came home in December um, and I started driver's license um, classes immediately, but I never had to think about whether or not something might happen, sí. right? Sí, me tabay, um, I don't know, bit of malo mm-hmm. tras de Because you're not only putting yourself in danger, but other people. So it is a huge responsibility, mm-hmm. and I think that it takes a lot from an 18-year-old in general mm-hmm. to be able to not be selfish and be like, I want a driver's license and consider those mm-hmm. things. And um, I applaud you for being in that position and generally being able to think about those things and being like, you know, I don't feel comfortable yeah. doing that because at the end of the day, you know, nobody else is going to do it for you. You yeah. kind of have to figure that out for yourself. Um so I think that that it's okay to have those conversations too, right? Yeah. I mean, some people, especially at that age, might feel peer pressured and mm-hmm. be like, "Come, Carmen, but not always get ways." Was that? Yeah, and I was mm-hmm. like back then. I said, "Can't believe we're scamming. We could be sorry. We could be sorry." But I woke up in the morning. I woke up in the morning by asking for help. Like, hey, can you take me there and there? Really? Yeah. Okay. Because I don't want to rely on people. I, I okay, like that. I have a car. I have a driver's license. But I can't drive because I don't feel good. So, so on the days that that you feel like kind of okay, do you feel though that people are understanding? Is it more of like you don't want to ask people, or do you feel like maybe people do not fully understand what's no, going on? No, people understand. Okay, that's I nice. don't want to ask. <laughs> okay, that's nice. Yeah. Okay, so I think that I think and 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 I think I've mentioned this before that. It's usually the person who mm-hmm. is in the situation of, you know, needing mm-hmm. help that holds back yeah. because they're afraid yeah. of, you know, of how people might respond, but also how that might make them feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but all in all, I have learned that a lot of people are very willing to help. Yes. Yes. Um, so that's nice. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So that is that. So driving is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Getting to places is interesting, yes. right? Sometimes, do you just like leave your car somewhere if you're like, I can't drive right now? Do you just call somebody and then just leave your car? Um, I've had that at work. Okay. But some days, I like get to work and at the end of the day, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, that can happen, right? Yeah. Okay. So... Okay, so misconceptions. I think that we should talk a little bit about that. Misconceptions about epilepsy and seizures. Um, tell us a little bit about those. What? Ooh. Yes. What do people think that... Um, so one thing that I hear all the time, and although I don't understand where it comes from, is that you have to put something in people's mouths that are having a seizure. Okay, so let's talk about misconceptions. Yeah, I mean, tampoco no son being. Like, I really don't know. It's wor- worldwide. It's, it's a, everybody thinks you have to put something to, in their mouth, but no, but no, I've had bit on my tongue, and I've, like, me gender 
Manidale otro while I had a seizure. Okay. So one of the first thing I always like say, do not put nothing in nobody's mouth. Because mm -hmm. you, you can't swallow your tongue. It's not anatomically possible. So um, I don't know wh who said that, but it uh -huh. spread like it's wildfire. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people still think that that's something yeah. that you should mm -hmm. do. You should not do that. Do not no. put things in people's mouths, please. <laughs> so what is something else that you want people to really understand that you should not do or you should do? Mm. Uh, let me see. Like in general for me, mm -hmm. um, I just honestly, um, like I said, just this is something I hid. Mm -hmm. Only a few people knew, but just this past year, I've embraced this part of me mm -hmm. and the doors that have opened the growth in me and the healing part that has been great mm -hmm. for me. And, um, I would get comments, Hey, masiya, hope you believe the abo. Hey, so, um, constantly making conversations, making people aware like it was a part of me that I didn't know that I wanted to be seen or heard. Mm -hmm. So, um, just being supportive of people around me, being supportive. Um, hey, but we have medication. Hey, but we must live. Did you slept well? So, con mm asina, -hmm. like it makes someone feel seen and heard. And I think that, that we shouldn't be afraid to have those conversations, yeah, right? Yeah. Asking somebody, like, how are you today? Yeah. Because that might determine how you're going to talk to them or how you're going to mm -hmm. interact with them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I asked you at the beginning of, of, of the episode, I was like, oh, by the way, you know, how are we today? Yeah. You know, should we have like a mellow mood or should <laughs> we have like a more upbeat mood? And I think that if, if you wouldn't have been so open about it, mm -hmm. I might have been afraid to ask you something yeah. like that. Sure. Because what if that, you know, triggers something for you? Yeah. What if that makes you feel like, oh, what do you mean? You mean that I can't? But it's because you have made it so normal to talk about yes. it and ask about it um, without judgment. You have allowed a safe space as well for yeah. others around mm -hmm. you. And I think that, it goes, you know, both ways too, because we don't know what we don't know. Um, truth is, unless you have somebody in your family or, or even close to you with epilepsy, you probably have never really had a conversation about it, yeah. right? Because mm -hmm. why would you? And yes, you know, we learned some stuff doing like awareness campaigns, some information we retain, some we don't. Mm -hmm. And then we just kind of, you know, go on with life. Yeah. Um, but I think that by having these open conversations at work, on social media, with friends, mm -hmm. it kind of creates a space where you become more aware. Even if you don't retain all the information, you become more aware of like, where should I go for that information? Yeah. Who should I ask? You know, what would that look like or feel like? Mm -hmm. um, so I think that yeah, you have done a pretty good job at at allowing that space and hopefully encouraging others too to be open about yeah. that's you know that's my goal i mm -hmm. want to inspire other okay. um, people with epilepsy to mm -hmm. talk about it more like um because that's the reason why i started talking about epilepsy so much okay is because i don't think many people talk about it on Ruba. 
No. Um, no. About most conditions. It is yeah. like very, um, okay, I have it. And that is about it. Yeah. And then maybe during awareness month, I'll wear a pin or I'll... That's what I used to do. Okay. Every year during okay. the pur purple day, uh -huh. every uh -huh. year we're purple, purple um, talk about epilepsy for one day. Okay. But just this year, I'm like, no, I'm going to do something about it. And just talking about epilepsy constantly. Mm-hmm. And also being very um, transparent about it and to make it just so normal. Mm -hmm. um, so like I shared recently, um, I've been, my neurologist introduced a new medication for me, uh -huh. which was kind of stressful because these past years, I've been three and a half, three years and three months seizure free. Okay. Well, nice. I've been seizure free. I've dealt with many side effects from medication. Okay. So, um, I went to my neurologist four times this week, this year. Uh -huh. And he was like, no, we have to change it up. Okay. And then I was like, for me, it was okay. Let's, let's do it. Let's see Try how something. it goes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I introduced it next to what I'm already taking. Okay. And it was really hard. The okay. first two weeks, I was very emotional. I lost appetite. I was unmotivated. I was very drowsy. So um, it was really hard adjusting to the medication. Mm -hmm. And then week three, last week, and now today, week four, I'm feeling so much better. I've never slept so good before in these last couple nice. days. Nice. So yeah, I feel more focused at work and I'm more motivated. Mm -hmm. So, and I did tell work, my boss a couple of like weeks ago, hey, I started new medication just so you know. Um, so everyone who knows around me, um, yep. if you, because my tata monstra very swift, like okay. drowsy, you uh -huh. can see it on me. Okay. So just telling everyone like, App, um, what's happening in the family? Hey, I'm on this new medication, so people will know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if I would like act or be seen differently, this is what's up. Yeah. So. And also be aware, right? If yeah. something happens, yeah. then they they are aware that there is a change, yes. and you don't know how your body's gonna respond. Exactly. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a whole process of introducing, um, getting adjusted. Yeah, your body and your brain had to get used to the new medication. So um, now I feel good. Today I feel good. So, and hopefully that will continue. Yes. <laughs> Was it scary to go through that process? I mean, like you said, you were three years and three months yeah. seizure free. So yes, you had side effects, but was it scary to be like, okay, let's try something new that will hopefully feel even better? Yeah, because the okay. first thing I did when I got a medication is search okay what are the new side effects <laughs> okay so do I, am i gonna get like two different kinds of side uh -huh, effects uh-huh uh-huh i did okay but now it, it it passed but just for a while yeah okay and it's pushing through those things right because another thing that that i have learned in the medical world period is that people don't like side effects Right. So mm -hmm. if if they have any type of condition and they, you know, begin a treatment and that treatment makes them feel something, mm -hmm. you know, in addition to yeah. whatever condition they're trying to, um, you know, target, they will make rash decisions like stopping medication because they don't like how it makes mm -hmm. them feel. And it's understanding that you have to give time yeah. and your body time to adjust and just kind of like 
see if it truly, you know, was like a short time side effect or if yeah. it's going to be something like every night mm -hmm. I would sit and write in my journal. Nice. Okay. Um, this is the side effects I, I would feel this day, like uh -huh. this and this. I would write every day and then it slowly reduced. I'm like, ah, oh, that would make my day. Nice, because cause you were tracking it, right? Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't like, ah, oh, I'm feeling this, and it's worse than yesterday. You were actually, like, writing it down. Yeah. So you were able to reflect mm -hmm. yourself. Yeah. Right? The first few days, I did not feel like myself at all. Of course, of course. And now I'm like, yes, this is me. Nice. And hopefully, like you said, right, mm -hmm. it only gets better from here. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really happy to hear that because yeah. that is also something that you mentioned when we rescheduled the last time that we rescheduled. <laughs> uh, she was like, "Okay, so I'm um, I'm on this new medication and we're doing adjustments, and I hope yeah. I forget." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> I hope you feel good yeah. because if we do another reschedule, I'm gonna cry." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But and it, yeah. yeah, and it's funny because today I was listening to a podcast uh -huh. and. Um, um, they said something along the lines, um, your brain keeps you alive, but it's up to you to take care of your brain. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking, yes, my brain is keeping me alive, but I have to take care of it. Yep, you I do. I have to get enough rest, eat, um, exercise, and in my case, dancing, mm -hmm. and then just be happy. And then, yep. yeah. And exactly, have find that balance that works yes. for you, yes. and you know, not be afraid of of doing whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah, because I can imagine that things can be scary. Um, how is how was the transition of like being a student? Student life is very stressful. Like, yes. I think that student life, like, it's a different type of stress. Like, when you work, there's also stress if you have like stressful periods, but I think it's very different to like. It's more structured. Yes. Oh my gosh, right? Yeah. Like, I cannot. Yeah. Yes. Like, students' type of stress mm -hmm. is, is, is like you sleep and wake up and it's there until mm -hmm. you're done. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, how was that transition for you? Was it was it a positive transition for you? Like, um, I mean, it happens for me. It happens so quickly. Okay. Because I f I graduated, mm -hmm. and within a couple of weeks, I moved back to Aruba and started okay. working. Okay. So where I'm currently still working at mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. lab. So um, for me, I have to okay. I just moved, getting back to Aruba, starting a job, okay. um, first big girl job. Mm -hmm, so. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it went slowly, easily, and now five and a half years later, loving at my job, just sitting behind the microscope every day, living uh -huh. in cells. So, okay, yeah, happy at where I am with my job, and that's good, right? Yes, and I think that that you have a benefit that you work in 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 the medical area, yeah, which I think makes people not always by all means, but in general, it makes people more receptive to the reality mm -hmm. of medical conditions, yes. right? Sure. Um, so I think that is a, it's a very nice thing. Yeah. For me, um, epilepsy throughout the years now, I feel like it's only stimulated me to live healthier lifestyle. Nice. It, like it took me a while to like adjust the mm -hmm. mindset of that mm -hmm. instead of like letting it hold me back so many experiences. But now that I've like been embracing it and like grew so much yep. because of it, I'm like, yeah. 
Because if I hear you talking, I mean, the things that you have mentioned so far, it is basically having balance. Yes. Balance is good. You know, you don't have to have epilepsy to consider balance good. You mentioned resting Mm -hmm. enough, right? What your body needs, listening to your body, even like when you wake up, being genuine, like today is going to be, you know, a tough day. Can I, can I not handle it? Eating healthier, right? Exercising in whatever form that you enjoy the most. I think that it, of course, it's it's it takes growth like you said and healing mm-hmm. to come to the point where you realize that you know this has made you probably a healthier person and yes. more balanced person um but i think that that it's important for people to understand that that is something positive leading yeah. that balanced mm-hmm. life right is something positive and sometimes People have the tendency of making people feel bad for being healthier or taking healthier you know, decisions. Yeah. Um, I'll often hear it, especially in our culture, where people are like, I would laugh. Um, no, I see rato mas. And people are like, no, you know, I really need to go mm-hmm. rest. Mm-hmm. People are like, ah, you know, sleep when you're dead type yeah. of thing. And I think that it, it takes a lot from somebody, even, you know, with a condition mm-hmm. to literally choose for your own health yeah. over trying to, you know, please everyone else or trying to function at a rate that is not compatible with your own body. Yeah. Um, so, you know, going back to like what you said, being 18 or, or turning 18 even and being fully aware that I do not feel like, mm-hmm. you know, I want to drive yet or like I'm ready for that and that's okay. Yeah. And not feeling this pressure like it's something that you should, you know, be doing because yes, that's the age when you're allowed to get a driver's license, but it doesn't mean that you have to. Yeah. And and not putting yourself in a stress extra stressful situation yeah. or dangerous situation, even if you, you know, you didn't feel like your body had that balance yeah. because you're trying to please somebody. Mm-hmm. And I think that's um if anything, hopefully for the people around people who you know um, might have epilepsy or any other condition consider that when somebody tells you that you know they're tired or they're they're kind of done for today or they can't do this um believe them right and support them in that decision exactly yeah it's so normal for me to like hey you know we'll be last hour i feel tired of yeah so i've canceled so many like dance practices um, but they understand. Yeah, and that's nice. Yes. That's nice. And and also with the dancing, mm-hmm. when I started two years ago, I only started two years ago. Okay. And I didn't tell them right away. Uh-huh. I only told them this year, hey, by the way, I have epilepsy. Wow. Like, see me no step now of like my coordination. When I walk someone like dance with their left leg and the, like I kept staring like what uh-huh. so it's the coordination part is a little difficult for me but oh, okay okay <laughs> okay now we understand yeah that looks wow yeah okay yeah and it's coming to the point of being vulnerable because you really like dancing so yes. being like I want to stay here and I want to do this so uh-huh. I'm gonna need you to be patient yes and yes and you had a recital yes and, you know, recitals can be stressful. Oh, There's lots it. of practices around it and Extra. pressure around mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. How was that experience? Was that like a new experience for you doing that? 
now? The last two years? Yes. yes. Okay. I only started dancing two years ago. Okay. Because before that, when I moved back to Aruba, mm-hmm. I did the whole hit training, groups training, weight training at the gym, running. I, I tried it all. Yoga, I tried it all. <laughs> but one, it would get too tired for me. Okay. I was, it would get boring. I would just like cancel again, just stay home and rest. Mm-hmm. And eventually someone like, hey, by tryout dancing, by tryout pole dancing, I'm like, Okay, I'll try them both. And now two years later, still doing both. Nice. And then when I started dancing at Step by Step two years ago, mm-hmm. they would have recitals. And then for me, it was something new, like the costume, the makeup, the hair. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It was so new, but it was so exciting. Nice. And then I, I do not get stage fright. I mean, the, to, a couple of weeks ago when we had it last, I did. I did. I was um, a little nervous because because of the medication. I wasn't confident right, in because you in, were in a new situation. Yeah, I yes. wasn't confident in 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 the in the um, choreograph choreography. Uh-huh. So, um, but before that, I love it. It's, it was so new for me. I enjoyed it so much, and I'm glad that I tried it out. And I only it proved to myself, hey. You're not that old to try something new. Of course not, right? Yeah. So now I'm I'm dancing jazz, modern, ballet. I mean, I started ballet with thirty at thirty years old. <laughs> it's like That's a childhood nice. dream of mine to do ballet. Uh, I'm doing ballet now. Nice. And I'm also pole dancing, so I dance three to four hours a week. Okay. So I love it. Dancing has been amazing. I love it. If if I had more time, I would dance more. But I do have to rest. Yes, you do. But yeah. that is, I mean, I love how you talk about this, right? And you like absolutely light up and you're just yeah. like chatting about it. I love it. Um, But it was finding that, right? Mm-hmm. And just like you said, it's never too late. No. Just doing something new, understanding that, you know, mm-hmm. right now you are going through a change, yeah. you know, medications, new medication, not knowing how you would react mm-hmm. and then all of it. And then still doing it, having fun yes. while doing it, enjoying it and yeah. just kind of being aware with whatever comes with it. Right. Yeah. And the thing is with dancing mm-hmm. compared to epilepsy, if you have a seizure, mm-hmm. you lose control of your body. And with okay. dancing, I'm in control of my body. I'm telling, yeah. I'm, Telling my body what, what to, to do, do. What to, how to dance. Mm-hmm. So that's the art of it. I, I mean, it comes like, it's very beautiful to me that it's yeah. totally opposite of having a seizure. Yes. I'm, I'm pretty sure it also feels very empowering, right? Yes. To, to feel like you're doing something so beautiful while you're in control of your body. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes. And, and like I said, I really feel how, <laughs> you know, your energy yeah. around it. I yeah. love it. And just how you share, anytime that you share about dancing too, <laughs> even when you have to cancel and you share about it, you're yeah. like, ah, oh, you know, I'm so bummed. <laughs> I, I am. Yes, yeah. of mm-hmm. course, because you enjoy it, right? Yeah. Uh I think that um, I think that it's nice for people to hear this, right? Yeah. To to because again, because I guess of or you know pop culture or how we and yes, everybody's different. So I'm sure there are people who have very severe you know seizures yeah. that impedes them to to do these things, yes. right? On a regular like you do. Um, but I think that percentage 
is actually very little compared to the people that have epilepsy that mm -hmm. is controlled and, yeah. you know, that can be balanced yes. with a very productive and happy life. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important for people to hear that, uh, you know, for parents to hear that, for young yes. adults to hear that, yes. for teenagers to hear mm -hmm. that, because it can be really scary for parents, like you said, you know, if, if, if a baby um, starts having baby spasms and then, oh my gosh, what if it's like epilepsy that... Um, you know, if, with the right support system yeah. and figuring out their specific needs, um, they could, you know, get to a point where they could live uh, a positive and balanced life. Exactly. Yeah. And for me, um, these past months, I've um, started therapy. Mm -hmm. nice. So um, for me, working on my mental and emotional health and also physical. Yes. So. Figuring out what is my needs, my boundaries with mm -hmm. like epilepsy and with my like lifestyle, mm -hmm. how I want to live, everything I want to do. And so focusing on that also, it's, it's been, it's been a lot, but I mean, everyone sh should focus on their needs, their boundaries. Yes. And then the support. And I've been, I've been doing that, working a full-time job, yes. dancing, advocacy about uh -huh. epilepsy. So it was a lot. Yes. Yeah. And I, when I see your stuff for somebody <laughs> who like has to check in with their body, I'm like, girl, you're doing so much, you know, um, you should really be proud of yourself. Like if you have to take a day off, so be it. Like, yeah. you know, you're doing so great. Yeah. Um, but like you said, it's, it's, I'm sure you want to do more because you're I, a very energetic person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I want people to see other um, patient with epilepsy, hey, you can you can have a job, you can have a career, you can yes. have hobbies, you can drive, you can travel, you can have adventures. Mm -hmm. It's possible. If I can do it, you can too. Yep, yep. And yeah. I think you're doing a very good job at showcasing that. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> like I really, I really think that you, um, you also focus a lot on like the positive things and the truly informational things yes. and you know there are so many forms of like advocating or, or creating awareness and um different things work for different people right what mm -hmm. touches them like i can i can tell you what works for me and i think that anytime that i see content that is genuine but also informative yeah. in that genuineness um i appreciate that yeah. because it's realistic and yes. and even though i have no idea what you're feeling or what you're thinking i i get a pretty good idea that in that moment i am able to be empathetic yeah. you know and and genuinely consider it like oh okay get an image, a better understanding yeah. of what you're going through, but what other people like you might be going yeah. through um, so that I better know how to interact, how to react, yes. um, how to approach and also adapt, right, yeah. to, to other people's needs because at the end of the day, that's what we should all be doing. Just, you know, in whatever space we are, figuring out um, what we need, like yeah. you said, right, those boundaries and those needs voicing those mm -hmm. but also listening to others and finding you know that way of where we all connect in a way that is balanced yeah. and, and you know nice for everybody um so again 
thank you so much for for the work that you do and and that you're so open about it like i enjoy how you're like okay i'm gonna write about it i don't mind talking about it you know i'll share pictures you share pictures of like how you prop your medications yeah these are things that unless you have to do that you have no idea how much time it takes mm -hmm. or you know effort and all that stuff so i appreciate that you know yeah. like seeing that and being like oh wow you know i have to prepare medication yes so me um Saturday I like I filled my pill box. Okay. And then I and I like a couple of hours later in the shower I'm like, oh wait, Monday I have to um increase the medication. So I went back, put on the more medication because I forgot. Uh-huh. So if I don't write it down, I will forget. Yes. And that becomes part of who you are, right? Yes. It just becomes a part of who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's okay, too. I mean, some people, um, I, I'll hear people say, like, ah, pra me tengo bem corda, tu Or, like, and I'm like, yeah, you know, at the beginning, while you get used to something, yeah. it kind of feels like, ugh, you know, no, an I, extra work. I but carry, then, <laughs> yeah. I carry around my pillbox. Um, Past Saturday, I went to cash dinner at, at work, and I during the work, oh my alarm went, oh take my medication, yep. so normal. Mm -hmm. Exactly, and not be ashamed, right? Yeah. And and other people too. Again, and if somebody asks, because I mean sometimes, um, as bystanders, we're like a little afraid of how people might react, and and I have personally have that too when. Uh, you know, something happens and then somebody's like, but what's going on? And then I'm like, you know, oh, you shouldn't ask. And then I'm like, no, maybe you should ask, you know, mm -hmm. and then let somebody explain you and let's use, uh-huh, let's use this moment to learn because you, you obviously asked because you didn't understand what was going on or you yeah. didn't know. So good that you asked and let's, yeah. you know, let's talk mm -hmm. about it. And I think that that's something that, um, for me that has changed where, where anytime that I, that I understood what was going on, I felt kind of like bad when somebody else asked, but I have learned that in general, people are willing to answer and explain. Yes. And then there's a learning opportunity. Yeah. So, I mean, um, yeah, as bystanders too, you know, let's just be patient with, mm -hmm. with others. Mm -hmm. If they don't know, it's okay if somebody doesn't know, because again, mm -hmm. unless you're interested, you probably True. haven't, True talked about it yeah. ever um so again helian thank you for that is there something that you want to leave us with is there anything that you really want to share before we start closing off i think we talked about almost everything yes <laughs> i think so now i remember <laughs> <laughs> what is something if you could tell people um what is something that you would really want them to remember or to do um you know, in their everyday lives or the next time they meet somebody with epilepsy? Like, what would that be? Just ask, just ask them, hey, how are you doing? Did you take your medications? Do you know your triggers? I mean, do you, have you slept nice. already? Do you know your triggers? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's very important. Um, okay. Just be supportive, have empathy. Because um, in a way, like, because we're, our brains are like we have the epilepsy mm -hmm. sometimes we don't feel like normal because we have to like remember oh balance sleep medication mm -hmm. so um just treat us like any other human thank you yeah. i think that was a, a very good um 
good message for people to to remember. Yeah. Helene, thank you so much for sitting down with me. <laughs> thank you for being patient and with all this rescheduling. Thank you to everyone who tuned in. I forgot to tell you that we were live and if you had any questions. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but um, in case you did have any questions, you can always ask me these questions. And, you know, if they are targeted at Helene, of course, I can always send them to her. She, you know, she's very good at answering. You can just follow her, by the way. Um, her content is nice. It's informative. Um, so I encourage you to do so. Remember, let me know if there are topics that you really want me to focus on um, next year. For Sincerely Carolina, I will obviously be taking a break, a December break. Um, what else can I say? I might, I don't want to promise this, but I might do a giveaway, you know, based on this episode. And then maybe I'll do it like in January. So stay tuned. Mm -hmm. um, but bear with me as I go into like the holiday vibes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you again to Sapi Mix Studio for allowing me to talk about whatever I want to talk about. Um, thank you to my awesome sponsors, of course, to ProFrame, to Georgina, to Febreze, um, for supporting Sincerely Carolina and these topics, allowing me to sit down with amazing people that have amazing stories to share. And I will not see you again next week, but I will <laughs> see you again in a couple of weeks. Thank you so much. Be nice, be kind, and we'll stay in touch. Bye. <laughs> Well, that was fun. I hope you learned a new thing or two during this episode. Remember, you can win fun prizes during Learn and Win Wednesday quizzes on my Instagram. Share this episode if you loved it. And I will see you again next week. Bye. Sincerely, Carolina is powered by ProFrame Aruba, Neutrogena, and Febreze. <laughs>